This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by losing all hope, oh, losing it's all over. What do we do? Okay, let's start this podcast. Hey, Bushers Breakaway heads! Welcome to another week of the Bushers Breakaway. I'm your host, Ryan Mead. I'm no longer angry, and I'm here with my <laughs> co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Now, why are you no longer angry? Have you given up? Yep. <laughs> I don't have a better... I was going to give some sort of monologue there, but the answer is strictly, nah. I gave up. And I think that moment really happened when the Kevin Shattenkirk news broke. And I just sat there. I had that moment of reflection. thought to myself, it's over. What now? I, I don't know what to do now. Kevin Shattenkirk playing on a bum knee pretty much for the entire season since September. And yet, my friend. Mm. God damn it. God <laughs> damn it. So happy I pointed this out. <laughs> God damn it. And yet, Greg. Yeah. AV, AV just calling him out. Yep. We need to adjust Kevin Shattenkirk. We need to make sure he's using his skills on this team. Not putting him in the right we need, system. We need more from him. We need more from him. But yet, AV, from my understanding, the coaching staff knew that he was yep. playing on a torn meniscus, that he did not. Well, they knew he was playing on a bad wheel. I don't know if they knew exactly how bad the wheel was, but anytime a player requires injections, extra treatment, uh, yeah, I would say the coaching staff knows about that shit. Yeah, I, I don't think that that makes me be like, okay, why wasn't that? further investigated did you not want to do an mri did you did he say can he can players refuse those do we have we talked about this before i feel like we have <laughs> uh no Syndergaard once refused an mri how'd that go for him uh, not too well not great bob no uh, i mean it, <sighs> it, I, re- I respect point. the effort that kevin shattenkirk put forth for this team he didn't yeah. want to come here and be a disappointment and to no. me he hasn't been nope he, he hasn't well Yes, relatively speaking. Relatively. I, I I think he's played okay. Okay to good. Not to his full potential. We have an explanation of why now that that did not happen. But yet, he did. He came here and didn't want to be, you know. He, I came in here to, to re, 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 reinvigorate this New York Rangers franchise. I don't want to be a bum. I'm going to play through it like a hockey player, quote unquote. But the guy the guy's seriously injured. He's going to be out. He says he's going to return this season. But probably not. At this point, he probably shouldn't even come back. I wouldn't. Why would you? Because, again, I mean, this goes back to the whole reason why we want the Rangers to be sellers. There's just no reason to rush back, him or Kreider. Just be fully healthy for next year when the Rangers might have a chance to be competitive again. That's really all the Ranger fans care about right now. And there's a chance, by the way. This team is, is, for what it is right now, next year could look entirely different. We could have uh, two new centers in here. The kids could be here at this point. We could have Hedl and, and Leas here uh, playing for us. And speaking of which, Leas Anderson has now been assigned to the AHL. So yep, sure what, what does that say for you, Greg? Uh, well, it says he's not going to the Olympics, first and foremost, which is a bit of a bummer. It says that the Rangers, or at least upper management, is comfortable getting a look at Anderson once he gets healthier, gets a couple Hartford games under his belt. I, I'd say it's a – again, I, I just – I don't want to assume how long it's going to take Anderson to get back from his shoulder injury. Uh, he's yet to play a game in Hartford, but mid-March, maybe he makes his NHL debut. We see a little bit of Leas before the year's out. Uh, it's my understanding, and it's been explained to me by smarter people than you or I, that – Anderson becomes the hockey equivalent of a Super 2. His entry-level contract won't slide anymore as soon as he plays in the NHL, but the the Rangers will still maintain an extra year of control. He'll still – if Anderson plays with the Rangers this year, Mm -hmm. they'll still have seven additional years of control on him before he hits uh, unrestricted free agency. That is such an asinine long time, by the way. It's, well, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, though, it's only a year longer than a baseball player has. 
Well, that might not last very very much longer. <laughs> I think the C- the next CBA will have something to say about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting move. I I think, I I think if the Rangers were in the race, uh, they would have done it. Like I this this is a move that is independent of the Rangers standing in the playoff picture because I think you could have made the argument that Anderson could have been a boost to the offense if the Rangers were trying to make a push. And at the same time, you can make the same argument that Anderson is here just so the Rangers can get a better look at him to see what they possibly have for 2018-19. So that that's that's a weird that that's one of those moves where it can fit either narrative. You can spin it either way. Um, it's funny you say I, I, if the Rangers just, are still in it. Because theoretically, we are. No, nah, we're not, though. That What I meant by if the Rangers... If we're living in a different timeline than we're currently existing as Ranger fans, as people that are watching this organization on a daily basis, if this season went differently... Like, for example, if the Rangers, for whatever reason, had... 58 points right now and we're firmly in a playoff position I think they still could have done this with Anderson and pitched it as Anderson's gonna be our spark plug heading into the playoffs like Chris Kreider was in his rookie year they could have they could have framed it as that instead I I look at it as the the Rangers need to see what they have for 2018-19 and the focus on the season has now firmly shifted that that's but that's what I'm saying. Like this is a move that it it would have been done regardless of where the Rangers are in the standing, and you could have seen it as productive. So it's it really is just how you want to paint it. I'm excited uh, to see Anderson when he suits up with the Rangers. If he suits up with the Rangers this year, that'll be the most excited I am for a Ranger game in the foreseeable future. You're excited to watch him play four minutes? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know. I just there's nothing. That's the other thing with the Rangers right now. It uh, what what the fuck is there to be excited for? I was thinking about this, and let's go transition into the quick game recap at this point. Sure. Four games this week since we last spoke, Greg and I. Uh huh. Let's talk about well, we beat Philly. That was nice. Hey. And not yeah. only did we beat Philly, we crushed them, and yep. that was a feel good story. But nice. The last that's the one of the few times we've done that this entire year. Then you play, you go you move on to the Buffalo Sabres at home. Oh, let, let's actually talk about this. Uh, in that game, do you know who scored a goal? Rick Nash. Do you know who that pass was from? Pavel Buchnevich. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't, I, you don't need me to answer these. Okay, um, uh, no, no. That, there's there's that's, a theme that's, here. So that's stick that's with the me. good. No, well, that's the good news though. The bad news is Buffalo Sabres, probably one of the three worst teams in the NHL, a team the Rangers blew three different leads against, and barely beat. With the exception of Rick Nash and Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah, almost like those guys should have been having uh, larger roles with this team all season. And Pavel Buchnevich and Rick Nash had the almost the exact same play in both these games. Rick yeah. Nash gets a breakaway, Pavel threads the needle, and has a beautiful pass. So it's almost like that guy can play hockey. It's actually it's incredible. It's quite good. the theme continues. The Winter Classic, we played Buffalo again. We struggled against the team that sucks. Guys, they suck. I'm getting angry. They suck. Then we move on against the Avalanche. Now, the, are the Avalanche terrible? No. Debatable. But Nathan McKinnon's having not, a great no, What do you mean? They're not terrible. They're not terrible. Nathan McKinnon's having a great season. They, well, they, may have, they may have punched above their weight so far this year, but the Avalanche, by no stretch of the imagination, are terrible. No, not at all. They're a 55-point team. Pretty good. Uh, 26 and 16 at three overtime points at this point in time. Guess who scores for us in this game, Greg? Oh, yeah. Did you say Pavel Buchnevich? Because no, I actually just said that. Yeah, you did say just, yeah, huh? He's the only Ranger contributing. And this is a guy that we benched. We benched. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll stop short of saying he's the only Ranger contributing. It's just. No one should be surprised that the Rangers' best line in the last week has been their top line, and it's been a line of Mika Zibanejad between Rick Nash and Pavel Buchnevich. Because right now, they're the three best Rangers, and they're all playing together, and they're playing well. It, it's not that hard of a concept. It's really not. But it's, it seems to be a hard concept for this coaching staff, which is 
again, a reason why this team should move on from this coaching staff. And then, I, I, I'm back to a point where even missing the playoffs, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to be the death nail that I thought it would be. What makes you say that out of curiosity? I, I think management has found a new excuse. Oh, we missed the playoffs because we, we got bitten by the injury bug and you can't overcome that many injuries in one year. It'll, it'll now be the narrative will now once again shift to the fact that we were even in the conversation for as long as we were is a credit to this coaching staff. That is where I think the rationale and excuse will be for management now. That is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. If everyone was healthy, this is the thing. If everyone was healthy, I don't really think this Ranger team is that different. I, it, the defense is still a colossal problem. Um, you're still only dealing with all season. The Rangers have only had one scoring line and it's really been whoever's been on the top line with Mika and Pavel when they're paired together, mm-hmm. um, be it Kreider. That was the scoring line when he was healthy. And now Nash, that's the scoring line. The, the, there's no scoring on this team. There's no offensive creativity. Uh, there's no semblance of a defense. There's no penalty kill. The Rangers, Penalty kill numbers are good just because they have a fucking brick wall in net this year. The only thing great about this Ranger team is the goaltending. And the thing is the goaltending has been so good that we've ignored or someone has ignored all the other things that plague this roster. And the only way to change that is you either have to change the players or you change it all. And that includes the coaching staff. This coaching staff doesn't deserve a do-over. And I'm, I honestly think we're going to see one because so many players are now injured that you can just write. I, I disagree with this assumption. I know you disagree with this assumption. I know plenty of people will disagree with this assumption, but we haven't seen anything from Jeff Gordon for him to really truly believe that Elaine Vigneault is doing a bad job. And if he can justify a poor season on injuries – I have no reason to believe he won't. It's that simple. Ugh, that's, that's fucking disappointing. That is a nightmare scenario. Yeah. I I don't have a coach in mind. People would ask me, hey, who do, well, who do you want to coach the Rangers? I, I don't know. Any, uh, any- Drew, our, our good friend Drew, he's, he's talking up a big game about Sheldon Keefe, who is the head coach of the Toronto Marlies, the American Hockey League affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're having a phenomenal season. As Drew has pointed out, they're having a strong season without the benefit of a particularly strong roster. And I, if Drew's excited about him, I'm excited about him. I, I, it's really that simple. That's about as far as I go, too. I just want anyone but AV at this point. Sometimes things don't work out, just like with Torts, when it was over and you knew it was over, it was time for a change. It's a changing of the guard situation. We've officially hit tra- the transition period right now, right? Because we're going to start selling. I'm hoping we're going to sell. We, there's no reason not to at this point. No, Shattenkirk and Kreider possibly done for the rest of the season. Uh, Ryan McDonough is playing at less than 100%. I think that is made perfectly clear, both by how many times he's missed practice. And as much as I love McDonough, he's having a subpar season. And it seems like all of it has to do with some kind of ailment. Um, we're dealing with a lineup that outside of the top six is basically AHL fillers. Um, it's, there's just no reason though. There's no reason at the minimum to hold on to Grabner, Nash, Holden, and DeHarnay. Uh, Grabner and Nash can get you high end pieces. Holden and DeHarnay should be able to get you middle draft picks. They're all on expiring deals. The only one of the four I would expect back in any capacity next season could be Nash. But even then, it's really up to Rick Nash where he wants to go. Um, but I don't see Grabner coming back because someone's going to pay him, and the Rangers shouldn't. Um, the Rangers should I, Some team is going to give him a four-year deal, and that is just far too long a term. Even as great as Michael Grabner has been for the New York Rangers, it just there's no need to lock up someone like him. For that many years. Uh, especially, Holden, especially, by the way, when Michael Grabner performs so well in a Lavinio system, he's probably the only player that's really benefited from it. So if you do eventually want to change your coach and play, play another style, Michael Grabner has been shown to not be as effective in other systems. It's just someone's going to – he's put up goals each of the last two years, and NHL GMs still pay for goals, just like 
baseball GMs used to pay for home runs. Now everyone if you does. if you hit if you hit a certain milestone in goals, you're going to get paid. And for the last two years, Grabner has hit that milestone. He's going to get paid, and he's young enough where he's going to get around a four year contract. And I just have no interest in that deal. Uh, Nick Holden, there is no reason to bring him back. Just from a performance standpoint, there's no reason to bring him back. And then you think about how many young defensemen the Rangers need to get ice time to. Uh, there really is no room for someone like Nick Holden on this roster. Or Camper. Not that we can get anything for Camper. No, it really isn't. Uh, again, like, if you wanted Steve Camper on your roster as the seventh emergency defender where – at game time, a defenseman comes down with the flu or gets nicked in practice and you're unable to make a roster move and you just need to play a guy 12 minutes for one night. Yeah, fine. Steve Kampfer can do that. He can play 10, 12 games a year and just be an emergency fill-in if you want your younger players to get ice time in Hartford. But that's not how the Rangers use him. The Rangers use him like he's a top six defender. And he's not. It's just not. It's mind-boggling. Why wouldn't we get Graves or Pionk or any of those kids more time? I know, I know we're getting Anthony D'Angelo, who looked okay in his ice time so he's far. Looked, no, it, no, no, no. He's looked good. Um, he, he's looked good in his two games. He's looked better than he did earlier in this year. And call it like it is, some of that is probably thanks to him getting a lot of playing time in Hartford. And it was relieving that uh, D'Angelo stayed in the lineup last night. When Stahl came back, I think all of us thought the nightmare situation was Camper would stay in the lineup over D'Angelo because that's been the M.O. of Elaine Vino in the last year. But D'Angelo stayed in the lineup. From all accounts, D'Angelo had another decent game. I, I don't think he's coming out of the top six anytime soon. Or at least it wouldn't make sense to bring him out of the top six anytime soon. But Why would you do that? But then again, yeah, I've said that a plenty of times with this team. Yep. It is a coaching staff that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. So I, with no confidence, say that Anthony D'Angelo would stay in the top six. He should, but that doesn't mean he will. I unfortunately stayed up for a lot of last night's game. Uh, what was I thinking? Started off really strong, got two goals in the first period, and then we faded from there. I knew we were going to lose when it said the Kings are on a six-game losing streak. That's when I knew. It was over. We lost already. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, it was bad. Um, speaking of bad, I think we need to talk about Ron Duguay's comments a little bit. Yeah, that's probably true. Because uh, those, those were irres- irresponsible and in poor taste are the two terms that immediately Well, we should come say exactly mind. what he said for people that don't know. Ron Duguay, he's an analyst for MSG. He came out and said uh, the refs were refing like they ref women's hockey. Is that the some, somewhat of the quote? That he said the ref's performance belonged in women's hockey and crit, uh, characterized their performance as, as soft. soft. Yeah. As in uh, the way it's been interpreted by not just us, but I think um, the large majority of the hockey watching community is Duguay is basically saying women's hockey is a soft sport. Come on, and it, it is a sport that required a refereeing performance like the one we saw last night. Now, you can completely be justified for criticizing the officiating performance in last night's Rangers-Kings game. Uh, it was poor. It was not of NHL standard. And action by the league should honestly be taken with those referees in some kind of disciplinary fa- fashion because they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. At the same time, they should not be refereeing in the NWHL. That is unfair to the women's league, which is just as competitive in its own right. It is an entertaining style of hockey. The only hockey I'm looking forward to watching in the Olympics is U.S., Canada, women's hockey. Everything else is nothing to me. You, you, dude, come on. It's 2018. You're, We're past the, we should be past this point. You made my having point this conversation. For me. Like your Blazers are great, but it's 2018. What are you doing? It's tw- it's 2018, dude. His whole shtick is he's a throwback to the old ways. Guess what, man? Times moved on. We're smarter than we were in the 1980s. Or we're trying to be. Of, well, yeah, some of us are, and it's a different style of game. Quite honestly, Ron Duguay seems like a great hang. Seems like a cool guy to get a drink with. 
Has he ever said anything on an MSG broadcast worth a damn? No. No. no I don't I, believe so. Every, he, time, every time I'm on an MSG broadcast, you know the reason. I'm watching Valcat. Val, Valley, I learned something with Valicat, and he's not the only one. You know who's great? Ray Ferraro. When he does color for national games, it's fantastic. I learn something every night. I listen to Ray Ferraro. But Ron Duguay, I'm sure he's a great guy. He's always got a smile on his face. He does a lot for the Rangers fan base. But with comments like that, you shouldn't be allowed on television anymore. It's just that simple. Uh, I'm gonna I would go, expect someone. I'm gonna defend him a little bit. I, I could see how you could say something stupid on live TV, and while that is really rather dumb, I don't think it's offensive enough to lose his job. Sure, I think the thing that really grinds my gears with his comments was his non-apology apology, where what he was like, I don't want women get, to be mad at me. Yeah, that's that's basically him saying, I'm not sorry for what I said. I'm sorry you're going to be offended by it. Like that's that's. Just as worse, if not more so, than your actual comments. To me, it's because you're, still you're not, not learning anything. From it's that. still not job threatening, but it is like, hey, man, we got to talk. I will. I I will say this. Um, it is not. <laughs> it, it's funny to say it's not my place to make judgment on someone's job. Where I'm standing on this podcast, asking people to fire Elaine Vino every night. <laughs> um, A little hypocritical. MS- MSG knows Ron Duguay better than you or I. Absolutely. Uh, they will have a – they should have a good handle of the situation. Uh, I would not be surprised if Duguay had some kind of punishment but kept his role as an analyst. I would also not be surprised if they just cut ties with him. I, the comments he made were fireable. I just don't. Uh, I just don't see it to be fireable. I, I'm gonna have to just disagree with you. His apology was pathetic, but that being said, I just don't see a way that's enough for them. There's plenty of people out there, and I'm not just. I actually I don't even want to compare it to anybody else. I'm not. It's just not enough. Ron Duguay. I'm sure they know him very well. Uh, it's a terrible comment in every aspect of it. It was a mistake. He didn't apologize correctly, but it's not job threatening. And no, and I, I think he, I, I think he really caters to a large portion of a, the Rangers fan base of an older fan base, and that might be a part why they don't fire him. Maybe, maybe everybody. There's a like 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 you're saying. There's a certain generation that likes seeing players from their era on TV while they're watching games. Um, I don't know. I could go either way. I I I think he's now provided MSG with enough reason to move on from him, but. MSG obviously sees value in him, which is why he has the role that he has. Uh, he he does something for the fan base. I don't think there's any arguing that. I I, I could go either way. Like like I said, I, I I see the reason why you could. I see the reason why you can keep him. I just don't think it's I, enough. I I think you could fire people for in 2018 for a lot of reasons, and this is definitely a fireable offense. But I don't think it's enough. I just wish you. I wish he. I mean, it's weird to say I wish he apologized better, even if he was lying to me. But the non-apology is more of a slap in the face to me. It's I, I hate I hate that shit. Just I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm just sorry that people are going to be offended by what I said and take it the wrong way. So that's why I'm apologizing. Fuck you, guy. I'm not that stupid. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I, he, again, he was caught in the moment. I think he didn't know what to do. I'm trying not to defend Ron Duguay. I still think what he said is pretty... Uh, there's nothing really he could say to make it up <laughs> at that point. He's like, he said it already. He's already in dog shit. He can't clean his shoe. So, yeah. The, 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 this will be my last point about it. It's just to say something like that is just lazy. It's just showing that you can't come up with a good way to describe what it is you're thinking. And if you're paid money... To sit on TV to describe articul- articularly. If you're paid money to talk on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, thank God I'm not really paid. No. Uh, if, if you're paid money to share your opinion, you should know enough to have a deeper line of thought on the subject you're talking about. And a comment like that, to me, just shows you're not capable of it. Because if... If that's the only surface you can scratch, then there's nothing below you, dude. That you're shallow. It's just there's nothing else down there worth hearing, and I I don't want to hear it. Let's uh, let's go back to Rangers for one second before we get to our interview. 
Jordan. Let's go over this upcoming schedule. Have you had a chance to look at the schedule? I'm at a point in the season now where I'm not looking at the schedule and I'm not looking at the standings. I, I've, I am preparing myself for non-competitive Rangers hockey, and this is how I insulate. Let me tell you. I will help you, Greg. Okay. Today, a Tuesday, we're going to Anaheim versus the Ducks, who are going to mm. probably destroy us. Then we move on on Thursday to the Sharks, another playoff team. Then the fu- we have a week off somehow. I don't know how uh, that happens. All-star break, buddy. Oh, all-star break. I, I, that's how somehow. I don't know why my mind blanked there. But then we go to the Maple Leafs, another playoff team. Straight to the Predators, another playoff team. The Stars. Hmm. The Bruins, who are somehow in second place. Bruins that, are playing phenomenal hockey right now. That's um, And then we play the Flames. Okay. At home. Then the Jets. The wild, wild, and then our meetup game on February fifteenth versus the Islanders. That's a murderer's row. Yeah, here's here's the thing though, and you kind of highlighted it with the running down of the schedule. There aren't a lot of bad teams in the NHL this year. There are not. There are a lot of there are a lot of solid teams playing hockey, and a lot of teams fighting for playoff positions. The Metropolitan Division isn't isn't even the craziest division anymore. Have you seen the Central? I have. The Central is insane. I can't believe the Jets are in first place. It's insane, though. Yeah. Everyone in that division is over 50 points. Everybody. The Blackhawks are in last place with 50 points. Well, to be fair... They're five points clear, too. To be fair, everyone else in our division is over 50 points also. Uh, Central did it first, though. Okay. And I think... Hey, Central did it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just... (laughs) Hockey this year... I mean, the parody is incredible. It's so incredible that I I don't know who the Rangers would have to play for me to feel confident for them to get a win. Uh, the, I mean, obviously the the Sabers. Let's go with the Sabers, the Coyotes. Uh, probably the Oilers. I'd feel confident about getting a win against the Oilers. The Canucks. I'd feel confident a win against the Canucks. The Hurricanes, because we do pretty well against the Hurricanes for some reason. Yeah, but even then, if the Hurricanes beat us, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think the last team I feel confident about beating is the Red Wings. Yeah, I'd, I'd feel confident going up against the Red Wings. Too. Can't name another. Well, the Panthers too. Just feel good about beating the Panthers always. Every other team can't really say I'd feel, I'd feel confident. That, yeah, you, you named less than a third of the league. So the Rangers, at best case scenario, probably like the 22nd or 23rd best team in the NHL. I, I've read a That's stat not a playoff to, team. I read a stat today that we love 346 more shots on 5v5 hockey. Uh, 349. Okay. That was close. Yeah, and we're also we're also last in the NHL in shot share, behind the Coyotes. Uh, what? This team was good. Yeah. What happened? That, that's the thing. Was this team good? Yes, this team was um, good. Oh, are we, this year? Or are we just talking in general? No, I, I don't. Like, think of, of course, the Rangers in years past have been good. Yeah. This year, though, I'm not convinced the Rangers were ever really good. Did we ever find a way to be good, I guess is the question. We never really ran Shattenkirk McDonough. We never really found the problems in our offense. We never we never ran Shattenkirk McDonough. We yo-yoed Pavel Buchnevich when you didn't have to. Um, Rick Nash had terrible puck luck, and then instead of acknowledging that it was just puck luck, he got punished and moved down a couple lines. Um, Nick Holden still played every night. Brandon Smith has been a disaster. I just, look, if we're going to stand here and be critical of Nick Holden and Steve Camp for every night, call a spade a spade. Brendan Smith has been bad all year. All year. And even, even when you and I were clamoring for him to come back in the lineup because there was no reason to bench him for as many games as Elaine Vino did, especially considering his replacement at that time was Steve Camper, he's still, for the most part, been bad while he's been in the lineup. Uh, obviously, it's the first year of a four-year deal. I'm not ready to write that contract off as bad because he was very good for the Rangers last year. Um, he's just he's just been lost, for lack of a better term, this year. And maybe a new coach will allow him to refine his game, playing in a different system, so on and so forth. Jeez. Yeah, it's just it's been it's been a bad year. And Hank, it's, it's been a, and it's Hank been a bad, is refusing to let this team die. He did. It, it's it's almost like Hank is too good. It's like hey Hank. We're trying to tank, buddy. 
What are you doing? <laughs> the, the sad thing is that I don't think the Rangers are trying to tank. I think the Rangers are trying to win. I know. And it's, they just can't. They're not good enough. Well, good news. We do have a guest that's going to be talking about how good Hank has been all year. We have Catherine Silverman coming up from The Athletic. And she'll be speaking with us about the great one. I, well, I don't know why I call him great Wayne Gretzky. The king. <laughs> Lundquist. And we're going to go over to that now. Greg, any last comments? Uh, Nope. Nope. All hail Pavel Buchnevich. Transition. Hey, we're back with Catherine Silverman. She is a goalie expert for The Athletic and also Goal Magazine. Catherine, say hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. We brought you on to talk about... You missed the first part of the podcast. It's okay. I forgive you. Uh, we were miserable, and they're talking about how the Rangers are not too great. But why don't we talk about the person that's keeping them afloat, Henrik Lundqvist, and what he's done for this team this year? Um, You know, I, I feel like he's not doing anything particularly different from what he does every year. It's just, he's so good that I, I know I saw on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks, Izzy. <laughs> we, have a, we have another special guest, Catherine's kid. <laughs> right. He's laughing at their injuries this year. Um, I know I saw on Twitter earlier today that they've officially surpassed the Arizona Coyotes as the worst uh, shots against per 60 team um, at even strength, which is kind of hard to do because the Coyotes, for a while, we're last by, like, something like 15 or 20 points. Um, they've caught up to the Sabres now, but that says more about the Sabres than the Coyotes, and it kind of says more about the Rangers um, than anything. Um, but despite that, you know, uh, the biggest thing for me is this year Lundqvist has a 60% quality start percentage. That means that in 60% of his games, he either has a 917 save percentage or is allowing two or fewer goals with an 887 or better, um, which based on like the rough estimations by Rob Volman, the guy who does hockey abstract, that gives the team a 77% or better chance to win. So 60% of the time when he's in net, they they lose it for themselves is, is basically the best way to win. I'm laughing yeah, because I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically the Rangers season in a nutshell right there. Right. Uh, the, the crazy thing about all this, Catherine, for us at least, is Henrik Lundqvist ain't no spring chicken anymore. This guy is 35, 36 years old, and he's still performing at a top level. I I mean, he's he's superhuman. Um, I know that I, I think it was Ian Fleming on Twitter today was saying that we're, we're not going to see someone that good maybe ever again coming from – you know, he's, he's basically like a Nordic God. Um, he's, he's not human, um, but it's, it's part him. It's part his goalie coach. I mean, the Allaire brothers have been in the league since goaltending coaching really started in the NHL. Um, and that, that shouldn't go understated. I think um, we've seen, I mean, when Cam Talbot was in New York, he was fantastic when Auntie Ronto was in New York he was fantastic he's obviously carried that with him to Arizona he looks great this year they do not um and in Lundquist I mean he's been phenomenal for going on what he's he's been a nine I believe it's a nine twelve or better uh more or less excluding last year which was kind of an anomaly since 2006 um actually that's how much yeah, longer do you think Hank can keep doing this what is, what is the usual age goalies would drop off? I would say the it it depends on their style. I mean, if they're if they're an overly aggressive goaltender, if they come out challenge, have to make more of those reactionary saves. If they play a really low, wide butterfly too too often, if they drop early, spend a lot of time on their knees. I would say even if they're very good, their peak is probably thirty two or thirty three. But obviously, we don't see a ton of those reactionary saves from Hank. Um, and that, I think, is part of the reason he's still so good at this age because he he conserves his body a little bit more than, you know, someone like Ben Bishop or Jonathan Quick. I mean, we've seen Jonathan Quick has gotten seriously hurt in the last few years. He's dropping off here and there. Um, with Lundqvist, we may not see that. Um, I know that we've had a couple guys over the years. Ed Belfour is the one that I think of first. Um in terms of playing a slightly more conservative style than the Dominic Hishaks and the Marty Birders. Um, Belfort played until he was like 42 or 43 and he drank all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so if he can do that, um, obviously Lundquist is 
a bit more, he's not quite as uh, colorful, so, so to speak. So as long as he takes care of his body, as long as the Rangers, you know, eventually give him some sort of a break, um, I can see him playing well into his 40s. I would be shocked yeah. if Henry Lundqvist doesn't have a glass of whiskey before going to bed every night. That would, <laughs> if he doesn't happen, I'm, I'm pretty uh, shocked in this instance. Thing is with Henrik, though, you know, his contract goes till 2022, I believe. Is he going to be okay? I mean, what's his window for, for a cup contention? Maybe two more years at most? Uh, honestly, for him, uh, I think his cup window is the Rangers' cup window. Um, so right now, so, it sounds really so mean. Over? I don't think they're in a cup window right now. <laughs> um, I don't think they're in a cup window right now. Um, so if his cup window and his contract expires in 2021, so he has after this season three more years, if the team doesn't move themselves back into cup contention within those years, uh, he may not win a cup unless he's, I now, now my assumption is he's like a, he's like Ray Bork. He's loved not by necessarily all fans around the league, but by players around the league. He's incredibly respected. GMs respect him. Coaches respect him. If it looks like he's going to have to retire without a cup, someone is going to take him on. And help him get that cup because he's he's earned it, and nobody in the league would doubt that. Nobody's gonna you know do the Shane Doan to him and say we, no thanks. Um, so my assumption is he's he's good as long as he wants to play. He could win a Stanley Cup as long as he wants to play. It's just a matter of whether or not the Rangers around him are able to do it, and and they may be able to. I mean, I grew up a Bruins fan. Uh, sorry guys, okay, um, totally fine. I, you know, after the 2011 cup, I thought they were in this huge cup window 2013. I was like, man, they're going to, they're going to go on forever. And then they like sharply fell off a cliff for two or three years. And I was like, wow, they just completely squandered Patrice Bergeron's window there. They're, they're not going to be able to climb back out of this. And then this year they look unstoppable. So really all it takes is one or two good draft picks and one or two good moves when you have a few elite players on your team to get you back into that cup window. And when you have a guy like Hank, it's that much easier, you know? So, so I think, can you think, can you think of a goalie that has played somewhere near the level of Henrik Lundqvist and not won a cup? No, not off the top of my head. Uh, Yes. Luongo. Yeah, Luongo's a good one. What's the one comparison that Luongo and Lundqvist share in common? Um, I, I hate to use the word calm to describe goaltenders because if you're not mentally calm in net, you're not going to make it in the NHL. But the two of them don't make those crazy reactionary saves. You know, I think at first, Roberto Luongo was a bit more aggressive and he still certainly plays a little farther out than Lundqvist does. I think everybody does. Um, but neither of them play to hurt themselves. Like that's that's really the best way for me to put it. They don't make these crazy diving saves that if they happen to allow a rebound, getting that second save involves contorting their body in a way that as they, you know, fall on the wrong side of 30, it's going to hurt them. They don't play like that. So yeah. that's why I, I mean I- but we're seeing it from Luongo this year. We're seeing, I mean, obviously he he had serious hip issues. I think it was one or two years ago. Underwent, I believe it was surgery. He may have undergone just serious rehab for it. Um, came back this year, looked, he looked like a Vesna winner and it's kind of heartbreaking that he's out for so long, but he went down with another lower body injury. He's out for who knows how long at this point. So, I, I like that you went the analytical route. I was honestly just going for they both played under Elaine Vigneault and got screwed by it. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for the serious I, answer. I, I, I really appreciate you telling me the exact reason why they're comparable players. But I, yeah. I honestly was going for low-hanging fruit and Did trying to play more things on Elaine Vigneault. Did Elaine Vigneault or John Tortora, uh was, was Longo still there when Torts hit Vancouver? I, I, think he was, I think he was in Florida by then. Because if he was still there, that's you know that's the six degrees of of a uh, separation there. But uh, yeah, I want to say I want to say Torts had Schneider, and then they moved on from Schneider too. Yeah, which I mean, that's that's coming back to bite them this year. Um, Jacob Markstrom looks like he's not a starter, but that's that's the Western Conference. We don't care. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's a, I, I genuinely don't know if Roberto Luongo is going to win a cup at this point. Cause he has a very untradeable contract. Um, mm. Obviously, I mean, the fact that the Panthers picked him back up was a miracle in itself to begin with, with that kind of deal. Um, and for Vancouver, they're, they're kind of walking on eggshells with that contract. When he chooses to retire, the cap recapture penalty on that's going to be huge. Um, but his, his contract doesn't look friendly. So he may be stuck in Florida until he retires. And so I don't think he's going to win a cup, which is really sad. Um but yeah, he and he and Lundqvist are really the only two that I can think of. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you: Do you follow goalie prospects also, or are you mostly just following NHL goalies? <laughs> um, I do. It depends on the team to which degree I get to follow them, but for the most part, I do. So, can we talk about uh, the the AHL goal? Not AHL. The number one goalie prospect for the Rangers, Igor Sheshurukin. <laughs> I can't say his name. <laughs> Is that it? Am I? That? Yeah, I believe that's I the last name. I think it's just, just I, I'm not even going to try. Just <laughs> Gherkin is how it's spelled on Hockey DD, which means that's probably wrong. Um, there you go. Igor. Igor, I can pronounce I go. Sure. We go for Igor here. Do you know anything about him and uh, what his play style is like? I know he plays for the best team in Russia. Um, I don't actually know a ton about his style. I assume he plays... I, I don't want to say he plays like a Russian because that's that's a generalization. But mm-hmm. I assume he plays, drops a little earlier, um, isn't overly aggressive because he is playing over in Europe where you know he's dealing with the open style of ice. Um, I can tell you, I haven't watched him a ton, but uh, if you've followed the Blackhawks at all this year, Jeff Glass, uh, the guy who is like 45 years old and just came up and won his NHL debut, um, as like a middle-aged dad. Um, He played over in Russia for a decade. And when we were talking about it a couple years back, he said that guys that play over in Russia, um, they really have to watch for those second passing options. Uh, Guys don't necessarily come in, you know, inside the hash marks and take that shot because there's no room left because there is still room. So they play a little bit more conservatively in terms of when they, when they commit to the shots. Um, They don't, integrate post coverage nearly as much because it's not used as often. Like they don't necessarily need that as much over there. So when he comes over, I think there's going to be a bit of a transition, Um, but to get the kind of numbers that he's getting in the KHL, it's the second, it's arguably the second best league in the world. So he can't be getting those kinds of numbers. It's looking like what two full years now as a starter, there's, he's doing that without it genuinely being, sustainable talent so that's that's a good thing um he's the heir to the throne that's why i had to ask yep uh, which is it's nice because uh i i secretly been rooting for uh mackenzie skapsky because he's a ginger and ginger goalies are like they're my jam um my my daughter's got super red hair so i have to i have to cheer on the gingers hope that they succeed in life and so i'm kind of bummed that he really fell off the edge there um he played one game in msg I think. Yep. And then and then was relegated, I believe, to the ECHL. And I don't know if you guys even nope. recently um, No, I think I think he's playing for Kunlun now. I think he's in the KHL as well. He's he's with the Orlando Solar Bears, so you're close. Oh, um, is he? Florida. Oh, yeah. that's, that's that's the same country. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Um China, Florida. But um but yeah, that, that kind of bums me out that he didn't do super well for you guys. Um but it's nice that the team did pick up, obviously, the next big thing in Russian goaltending. Um, not you, you don't want to say that to Caps fans, but because um, they're they're pretty sure that's Samsonov. But yeah, um, that's that's really all I have to say on him. I wish I knew totally, more. Totally fine. I just wanted to throw it out there. I want to ask one uh, question that no one will enjoy. If Heinrich Lunk was was to ask for a trade to another team, what would that team be? Um, I don't think he's going to, the, the nice answer there is I don't think he'll do it this year because I don't think a team has room for him this year. Okay. Um, I do think that within the next year or two. I, I feel the same way about this question. So I, I totally relate. Yeah. I relate with the kid. <laughs> he's real upset about that, but, um, <laughs> no, I think that, I. 
the coyotes are a feasible option just Ugh. in terms of space. Um, if they end up looking like a playoff contender within the next year or two, um, obviously they've made some trades with the Rangers in the past, taking away very good players. Um, so that's a possibility. I think if he's looking for a bigger market team, um, it'll, it'll really depend on who has the cap space for him. The Leafs always seem to end up with cap space by legally putting players on long-term injured reserves. So that's always a possibility. Um, the senators have room. I don't know if they would be willing to take that'll never happen. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's that's at least reassurance for Rangers fans because I know they wouldn't be a huge fan of that. Carolina is someone to look at, but um, I don't know if Hank would be willing to go there given what's happened with goaltenders there over the last few years. I, I don't like to speculate about who causes these issues, but obviously Scott Darling's fallen off a cliff there. Eddie Lack fell off a cliff. Cam Ward's been garbage for like three or four years now. So even though I think they would have the cap space and the need for a good goalie, I don't know if he would be willing to go there, given that that's where he's going to die. Kat, how'd you find yourself in the world of goalie analytics? Um, I am a goalie, so <laughs> I... Natural transition. Yep. Um, I, I actually wrote a paper in college on the... It was sort of on the economics of the lockout <laughs> and enjoyed writing about hockey, so sort of branched away from my major. And as I got more into writing, I shifted from writing about the cap and the CBA to writing about players. And I believe that my position doesn't get enough coverage. So I started looking more at the numbers behind us um, to try and give us more fair coverage. So so that's kind of, that's kind of how I fell into that. Um, Catherine, we're going to let you go up to your kid. I feel bad for keeping you this long, but I appreciate you uh, being on and talking us and educating me about the goalie position that I did not, I was not aware of. Well, I, I'm glad I was able to give you guys some info. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know more about your. No, don't your... worry. Don't worry about Igor. That was like a long shot question. I mean, knowing about Hank and knowing that he's playing out of his mind at this age really is, uh, he's literally the only reason the Rangers are winning. And that 60% stat made me laugh out loud. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, Kat, Catherine, before you go, I'm going to plug your Twitter or try to. It is Cat M. Sullivan, right? Is that it? Or, hold on. Silverman, yeah. At, uh, obviously at Twitter. And if you want, you can read you on The Athletic? Yep. All right, wonderful. Anything else you want to plug before you get out of here? Um, not that I can think of. Um, I, yeah. No, no is a great answer. All, 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 all that's left is you just have to tell me that a hot dog is a sandwich. It's not, Absolutely. No. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Catherine. Go take your kid. I, thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> She's a mom, Ryan. She has to be right. Uh, end the interview. Bye. <laughs> hey, we're back. That was a great interview. Might didn't have it yet, but I know it was great. <laughs> confidence. Confidence is key in this. Confidence industry. is key in life in all situations. Never waste a dull moment, and that's why we're here. Mm. Uh, we don't really have much nonsense to talk about. We're going to close out the show with a quick, who the fuck is Blue Shirts Breakaway? Greg, do you want to go first while I think of my story? Ooh, you know, we were talking about recording this before doing the interview, and uh, a wise man would have come up with a story. Okay, here's here's my who the fuck are you for the week. Okay. Uh, I was a youngin. I was a youngin. I was a rambunctious youngin mm-hmm. under the age of five. And I went to a Met game with my dad and my two sisters. And I fell asleep in the car on the ride home, as five-year-olds are one to do. And they left you there? Left me in the car. Um, oh, wait, really? <laughs> yeah, left, left me in the car when they got home. My dad left the car outside. It was like a nice spring day, no, no big deal. Go into the house. My sisters start doing their thing. My mom's doing her thing. My dad's doing his thing. Nobody's really raising an alarm that Gregory is not in the house. There's just whatever uh, story story goes that I then wake up in the car, realize I am one alone and two not in my room. So what is, what does a four or five year old do in that situation? Starts crying like a baby. Yep. I'm just standing outside the car, holding my Met hat in my hand, crying. My mom realizes I'm crying and goes, where's Gregory? My dad reading his newspaper at the table just goes, well, I guess Greg's awake. <laughs> and, uh, that's that's uh, probably why I have trust issues. 
almost certainly. Let's talk about my uh, why my brain doesn't work. So mm. uh, my mom worked three jobs. Sad story. But she was dropping me off at my neighbor's house. I lived in this very weird apartment building as a kid. It was a big red barn. And it was illegal. Very illegal. And the stairs didn't have handles on them or anything. They were mostly like boards attached to a wall. And they did like a turn. So I was playing my new Pokemon Color. Uh, on my Oh, so I played Pokemon Blue on my Game Boy Color, I believe. And I was running up the stairs. And the next thing I know, I woke up on the couch with the worst headache I've ever had in my life. It's, I, I've never felt pain like that ever before or since and, or again. Mm. Turns out, I fell down the stairs, I fell off the stairs, hit a big red toolbox, and uh, and then I had a seizure on the floor. Here's the great mm. part. Uh, the person who was babysitting me didn't know that I was there, mm. and the other person that was that was in the house may have been on some, some drugs uh, and was not available to tend to me. My mother, for some unforsaken reason, realized, or didn't realize, but just had the sense, she was already late for work, she came back. She was like, I, I, she came back for some reason. She came in the house, and there I was on the floor having a seizure. And she walked up to me, and she thought I was kidding, and she kicked me and told me to get up. <laughs> uh, then she realized I was not kidding, felt awful, uh, and then I was in the hospital for three weeks, including five days in ICU, where I had the worst experience with a nurse who shoved a tube up my nose. That's getting to know me. Hmm. I've never been seen. Not exactly, not exactly the most uplifting no. uh, episode of... Who the fuck is Blue Shoes Breakaway? I've never but... been the same at math since. Well, arguable that you were ever good. Uh, I was double honors, and then I slowly stopped. <laughs> so I, I think there might be a correlation. So so Ryan can't think good, and Greg has abandonment issues. That's what we've learned this week. And here, and we are your hosts. There you go. Thank you for joining us. Always, as always, follow us on Twitter at Bushers Break. <laughs> Where you can hear great stories like this and more. You can join us on Patreon for our, our, our just a dollar. Just a dollar. We have 72 people right now. And you can uh-huh. listen to all our personalized podcasts, which have been a joy, I have to say. Really been enjoying oh, that. Been so and if you want to partake in a personalized podcast, you become a $5 subscriber. And join us for stickers and personalized podcasts and some other goodies along with our Discord. Thank you so much for everyone who supported us already. Thank you for listening in general. Thank you for all the kind messages we've been getting. A lot, Greg. A lot of kind messages. We have, we've also been getting not kind messages, which yeah, is just fantastic. I wasn't going to mention those, but yeah, we get those. Oh, I want to. I want to. I look, look, if you're going to – here's my thing. If you're going to clap at us on Twitter, you, you got to expect me to clap back. Great, great. going to clap podcast, back. Yeah. Yeah, if you listen to this podcast at all, the one thing you should take away is I live for clapbacks. It's true. He does. And it's not me on Twitter. If you were like, man, Ryan's going wild. That's nah, Greg. No, <laughs> it's Craig. No. So uh, everyone have a great time. Sorry that the Rangers are uh, miserable and kind of boring and sad to watch. And uh, they're ass, Ryan. Just call it like it is. They're ass. But but yet we will uh, continue on this podcast, and somehow we never miss a week. I don't know how we do it. But anyway, we'll see uh, you guys. No, yeah, 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 We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Thank you.